This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it! Give me a vacation! Vacation! Give me a wave! Surfing! Give me a city tour! The trolley! Give me animals! The zoo! Give me some sea life! <laughs> Give me museums! Park. Give me a woo! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hello and welcome to Saver, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about Quince. Oh, and there's much confusion already about <laughs> this one, for me, at least. <laughs> well, because right before we started recording, Annie was like, well, we're, we're, we're doing two episodes today. And Annie was like, well, which one do you want to record first? And I was like, Quince, maybe. And she was like, is that how you say it? <laughs> Yes, because I've literally never heard of this until you suggested it. And funnily enough, I just agreed. I didn't even look up what it was because oh. I was like, yeah, sure. That sounds fun. <laughs> and I, That's amazing. You shouldn't tell me that I have that much power. <laughs> no, that's a fun word. And then I, I was hanging out with somebody at the time and I asked her and she was like, I think it's a fruit. And I said, I think it's a type of bread. <laughs> she was right. She was good. <laughs> yes. Yes. However, I do think I've had Membrillo, which is this sweet quince, quince paste on a cheese board. Sure. After reading it, I'm pretty sure I have had that. 
It's entirely likely, um, especially at like a, like Spanish tapas places. It's pretty common. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a little bit more quince experience than that. Um, I have met one in the wild, uh, the wilds Ooh. of a grocery store or like the Beaufort Highway Farmers Market. It's the case maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, I um, I bought one. I was like, ooh, quince. I've never done anything with those. I've heard that they're delicious. Um, they smell really good. Uh, and then I took it home and then realized that I was not going to use it in a timely manner and then put it whole into the freezer. I think this was in winter of last year. So that might explain part of this mindset. And then I promptly <laughs> forgot that it was there. And then oh. I was moving and I was like, well, <laughs> what did you do with it? I threw it out. Oh, I know. I feel like I you should have kept this quince. It should have been like <laughs> the quince that moves with you everywhere. The frozen quince. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. I, some, I, I'm, I'm determined now to, to go find another one or perhaps more than one, um, and, and actually cook with them. Yes. Have a plan for use. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I, yeah, I would like to try it too. I have to say after reading about it, I'm kind of really, I feel a lot of people have had different descriptions of how they taste. Very different descriptions of how they taste. So I really yeah. don't know what I'm getting into with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, there are a bunch of different varieties and and uh so that might be playing into it. I'm not I'm not sure. I am a sample size of like less than one, slightly less than one. <laughs> less than once. There's I'm telling you. <laughs> this is a fun word. I'm glad that it is pronounced this way. I was telling Lauren it sounds to me like a shorthand for coincidence. Wince. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunities. There's a lot of opportunities here. <laughs> yeah, but okay. I can, I can see your pun brain already going <laughs> oh, for the titles. It's, <laughs> oh, spinning. Oh, yes. I'm so excited. But I guess this brings us to our question. Yeah. Quince. What is it? Well, uh, a quince is a type of fruit that's sort of like a uh, like a large fragrant crab apple. Um, It often must be cooked uh, in order to be eaten. Uh, Botanical name, Cydonia oblonga. Quince are a member of the rosaceae, or or rose family, related to other fruits like uh, apples and pears, yes. Uh, And they're often grown on grafted trees that help farmers combine positive qualities like apples or maybe pears. We haven't, have we done an episode on pears yet? Nope. Excellent. I didn't think so. (laughs) <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Anyway, um, these trees are small to medium-sized and grow well in, like, warm, temperate climates. Um, the trees will bloom with these pretty white or pink flowers that, um, if pollinated, develop into, like, a sort of, like, stout pear-shaped and sized fruit that um, go from green to gold when they're mature, uh, thin skin, like an apple or a pear. And some quince can indeed be eaten out of hand, but many varieties must be cooked, right, to to make them soft enough and unastringent enough to eat. And that's because uh, those quince, well, the, the, the soft enough part is because quince contain, like, a lot of pectin. Um, pectin being this type of long, stiff carbohydrate chain that plants use to, um, to, to, to firm up and keep their shape. 
And when you cook plants that contain it, um, that pectin will break down and the plant will go soft. Um, but the remaining little bits of pectin will help that fruit or, you know, whatever it is, uh, gel up into a nice thick jam or jelly or conserve or like a paste type candy like Membrillo. And so quince are often used for those sorts of things as a result. Uh, okay, and then the astringent part. Um, and I'm going to come at it at a roundabout angle by talking about the color of quince. Because, okay. Uh, okay, so so the skin of quince will be golden when they're ripe, but the inside are like just creamy white. Um, but when you cook them, they turn like pink to red. And this is because uh, quince also contains a bunch of anthocyanin, which is this pigment that's responsible for like blue, red, purple type colors in some plants. But that anthocyanin is bound up with tannins in raw quince. Tannins being uh, those those things that are responsible for um for astringency in your mouth. You know that like that like puckery, dry feeling that you get from like a, a dry red wines or tart apples, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. But when you heat tannins, they break down, um, which will release that anthocyanin. Um. So you wind up with a way less astringent product. Um. That also has this beautiful rosy pink to red color. They do sound really pretty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, and they and they really are. They really are so like the, the the scent is really lovely. And I've read a lot of people refer to it as as highly perfumed. And that's accurate. It just smells so nice. Um, sort of like a floral and uh, a little bit sweet tart, like a little bit apple-y and a little bit citrusy, tiny bit tropical in there. Um, sort of like uh, star fruit or guava or like a more mild passion fruit or maybe like a pineapple, um, all of which just has, yeah, like a little bit of apple-y stuff mixed in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was quite the Rolodex of fruit, but I, I, I think I'm picking up on what you're putting down. <laughs> there's, there's like a commonality. There's yeah. the, In the Venn diagram of yeah. those fruit flavors, there's like a sort of, yeah sweet tart tropical floral sort of thing going on yeah, yeah. um <laughs> so uh so yes quince are often cooked into jams or jellies or sweet tart kind of pastes like membrio um they can also be made into or added to juices or ciders or wine or tea blends um used like you would use tart baking apples in either sweet pastries or in savory um savory dishes like especially kind of like like root vegetable sort of dishes, like roasts or stews. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Well, what about the nutrition? On its own, uh, quince is, you know, good for you. Uh, it's got a good spread of vitamins and minerals, a little bit of fiber, tiny bit of protein. Um, it'll help fill you up, but to keep you going, you should pair it with uh, more protein, some, some, some kind of fat in there. Um, and yeah, quince and its extracts, like with many botanical products, are, are being investigated for potential health benefits. Fruit is good for you. <laughs> don't don't add too much sugar. It's less good for you that way. Mm. Unless you're having a treat, which is totally okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, all for it. Oh, I used to love that as a kid, just slicing up fruit and putting sugar on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, right? Oh, so good. So good. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Well, we do have some numbers for you. We do. 
Turkey is the largest producer of quince, um, accounting for about 25%, followed by China, Iran, Argentina, and Morocco. I think they're all around 10%, so significantly less than Turkey. Um, And there are more than 70 different varieties of quince grown worldwide. Um, the the astringent varieties that I've seen are, are right, like the size of like a normal old pear, um, but I've read that some of the kind that you can eat out of hand can be over three pounds, like over like one and a half kilos. Um, and there is a more um, shrubby garden ornamental called a uh, flowering quince that is related. And I've read we'll put out um, like a like small extra sour fruit. Huh. Yeah. Flowering quince. According to some reporting out of 2009, many quince farmers in the United States are Armenian um, and that growing quince is somewhat ancestral here. A marketing report from around that time estimated that 75% of quince grown in the U.S. goes to ethnic groups who are familiar with it from their homeland. So it's kind of a little little niche market these Mm -hmm. days. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Which makes sense. Nostalgia is a powerful thing. Oh, Indeed it is. <laughs> Indeed it is. And speaking of nostalgia, we've got an interesting history for you. We do, but first we've got a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm -hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks, but I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a savor team trip together. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Well, I mean, we're we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Bam! 
Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, Quince is believed to have originated in Persia or the Transcaucasus area, particularly um, what is now modern-day Armenia, Iran, Turkey, and Georgia. But... Early records uh, also indicate that it was cultivated in Turkey and Greece. Some historical documents suggest that quince was domesticated in Mesopotamia as early as 5,000 to 4,000 BCE. This is another one that has a lot of arguments about where (laughs) where it first originated. Yeah. And a part of that is because it does resemble a lot of other fruits and has been kind of mixed up in how it's referred to throughout history. Mm-hmm. Ancient Romans and Greeks enjoyed quince, and Pliny the Elder wrote about quince, claiming that it was delicious when eaten raw. And listed, uh, he listed many medicinal benefits of this fruit, including that it could ward off the evil eye. Ah, oh. yes. Some suggest that the apple in the story of Eve was actually a quince, and that the golden apple Paris gave Aphrodite may have been a quince too. Homer wrote about quince in the Odyssey. Um, they may have been used to fill homes with their fragrance and often symbolized love. Plutarch wrote of a tradition of married couples sharing quinces. And yeah, it was frequently depicted in art, including in mosaics from Pompeii, apparently very frequently in the paws of a bear. No. I know. Okay. <laughs> yes. I know that I was reading that um, that a lot of pollinators do love quince trees as well as deer deer are like super into quince and will like really mess up your quince crop if you let them um (laughs) so maybe (laughs) maybe it maybe maybe that goes for bears as well i don't know Mm -hmm. um meanwhile the word quince um and its genus cydonia come from old greek words for the fruit um which may or may not reference this ancient seaport in Crete um, where the Greeks got their, like, really good quince tree graphs from. Um, And, side note, originally in English, um, quince was plural. The the singular was borrowed from French, uh, quin, or quin, um, but eventually uh, the plural was confused for a singular as you do, that's how we get quince. But I'm getting ahead of our, ourselves. Um, all of that happened in like the 1300s CE, so a minute later. Yes, a minute later. Uh, so stepping back a bit, Emperor Charlemagne decreed that quince be planted in the royal gardens in 1812 CE. And some of the first marmalades were most likely made from quinces. Is that the popular, the proper term? The popular yes. proper term? <laughs> yes, yes. It is, okay. it is proper now to pluralize Quinces. All right. Yes. Like uh, <laughs> the word marmalade derives from the Portuguese word for quince, marmelo. Uh, and quince is showing up in quite a bit of literature. I have a few examples, some of my favorites. Ooh, okay. Yes. A poem from around this time written by Shefer bin Utman al-Mushafi. Um, and it, this whole poem was about the quince, okay? Okay. It went thusly. It is yellow in color, as if it wore a daffodil tunic, and it smells like musk, a penetrating smell. 
It has the perfume of a loved woman and the same hardness of heart, but it has the color of the impassioned and scrawny lover. Its pallor is borrowed from my pallor. Its smell is my sweetheart's breath. When it stood fragrant on the bow and the leaves had woven for it a covering of brocade, I gently put up my hand to pluck it and set it like a censer in the middle of my room. It had a cloak of ash-colored down hovering over its smooth golden body, and when it lay naked in my hand, with nothing more than its daffodil-colored shift, it made me think of her I cannot mention, and I feared the ardor of my breath would shrivel it in my fingers. Ooh. I know! Goodness. That's so good. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. There's so many phrases in there that I just adore. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Oof. Quince poetry. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then here's an excerpt from a book out of the Middle Ages called The Praise of Music. Quote, I come to marriages wherein, as our ancestor did fondly and with a kind of doting, maintain many rites and ceremonies, some were ever either shadows or abodements of a pleasant life to come, as the eating of a quince pear to be a preparative of sweet and delightful days between the married persons. Ah. Yeah, so there's a lot of love things going on with the quince. <laughs> huh. Yeah. The first written record of quince out of England is from 1275, or the first known written record anyway. And they started appearing pretty regularly in English cookbooks by the 1400s. Their popularity grew with the belief that they could help build immunity in the face of the plague. Many manuscripts from England from around this time mention quince, especially in relation to the domestic sphere. Here's a quote from the time. There is no fruit growing in the land that is of so many excellent uses as this quince, serving as well to make many dishes of meat for the table as for banquets and much more for their physical virtues. <laughs> hmm. Quince paste enjoyed at the end of meals became popular in England around this time, too, in part because it was believed to help balance the humors and was also thought to be an aphrodisiac <laughs> and increased fertility to the point Queen Mary allegedly requested it to help her conceive a son. This paste was often molded into shapes. Um, the paste was called cotignac, or in France, cotignac. Um, according to some sources, Joan of Arc was presented with a molded cotignac when she arrived to help liberate Orléans from the English. Since then, cotignac is sometimes made in molds of her, um, particularly in certain places, which I love. Yeah. Yeah. Another popular English recipe around this time was something called quince's bake, which was a dish that was a favorite of Sir Isaac Newton, um, according to some things I read. At this time, quinces were commonly stored in barrels with alcohol for up to 10 years, um, and the alcohol was periodically drunk from them. Later in the 19th century, quinces were made into wine, which makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Domesticated quince trees were present in West and East Asia throughout Europe and North America by this time as well. Um, as these trees spread, the fruit diversified. The French were going quince from clippings as far back as the 1600s. Spanish missionaries planted quince trees at California missions, but they didn't really take off there until the arrival of farmers and nursery folks in the mid-19th century. More on that in a second. Mm -hmm. They were thriving in Virginia by the 1720s. And yes, records indicate there were 12 varieties of quince in the U.S. by 1908. In 1914, 
plant breeder Luther Burbank, or Burbank, <laughs> um, he who first planted quince in 1899, wrote that, quote, the soil and climate of California are peculiarly hospitable to this fruit, and that, quote, when thoroughly ripe, rivals the apple as a fruit to be eaten raw. And yes, I struggled with that quote, if that's why it sounds kind of funny. <laughs> Um, <laughs> hey, you're doing you're doing just fine. We're all you know we're all getting like through it. One of our final, possibly final recording sessions of the year. Uh huh. My brain is all wired up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Words yes. are hard. I don't I don't know who let us yes. be podcasters. <laughs> Great question. Let's not <laughs> bring it up to our bosses anytime soon. Nope. Nope. Um, <laughs> however, Burbank, um, he often joked that to make quince edible required a, quote, barrel of sugar and frequently gets the credit with opening the American palate to the quince, which I thought was really interesting because he was one who was saying, they're great, eat them raw, but seemed to realize that Americans needed some sugar. Involved. Like a lot of sugar. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There were around 900 acres of quince trees in California at this time. And something else I found interesting, um, around this time as well, quinces were commonly grown in orchards and in people's backyards. Due to the high amount of pectin present in quince, it was popular in baking and in things like jams. With the introduction of powdered gelatin and pectin in the 1890s and an increase in fire blight, Quince's popularity and cultivation in the U.S. kind of faded away. Yeah. In 1922, New York fruit cultivator U.P. Hendrick wrote, The quince, the golden apple of the ancients, once dedicated to the deities and looked upon as the emblem of love and happiness, for centuries the favorite palm is now neglected and the least esteemed of commonly cultivated tree fruits. Oh. I know. <laughs> This was a, a really interesting article about uh, quince trees in New York and how old they are, and he's kind of maintaining them. Oh, and in 2009, the Los Angeles Times ran a story titled There's a New Taste for Quince by David Karp, all about how and why quince was seeing a surge in popularity in the United States. And here's a quote. It certainly is a paradoxical fruit, both homely and voluptuous, like a large, knobbly, fuzzy pear. Rod is typically so hard, sour, and astringent that in Turkey, the world's largest producer, quote, to eat the quince is slang meaning <laughs> to get into serious trouble. Hmm. But it has an intense, alluring aroma reminiscent of pineapple, guava, Bartlett pear, and vanilla. And when cooked, its flesh softens and turns a gorgeous, translucent pink. Hmm. There you go. Yeah. It's all yeah. the stuff you said, Lauren. Um, <laughs> the author of this article had a variety named after him, Carp's Sweet Quince. Oh. That's, that's cool. so nice. Yeah. That's very cool. <laughs> that's great. All mm -hmm. of this is great. I mean, aside from the part where, like, this is a lovely product that it's, it's hard to get here anymore. Um, yeah. But. Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll add it to our... Ever-growing, <laughs> odd Goodness. dinner we're going to throw at one point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. And this has been a fun learning one for me. <laughs> it has. Oh, uh, yeah. That <laughs> I said that I, I said that kind of rudely. No, uh, yes, it was a fun one. Um, and uh, full of many hilarious pronunciations and uh, journeys, journeys and mm -hmm. small bits of knowledge. 
Yeah. Um, my my favorite fact that I that I didn't have any way to work into the outline is that as I was doing my googling and my reading, um, <laughs> I found a, I found a professional profile page for for someone by the name of Quince Fennel. That's a good and name. <laughs> I don't know if their parents gave them that name or if they chose that name for themselves, but either way, that I am so jealous that I did not think of that. <laughs> Such a good name. That is an excellent name. <sighs> to anyone who's looking for a name, there you go. That's pretty good. <laughs> and if you're listening, Quint Spindle. Oh, oh, hats off to, to you or your parents or both. Uh, yes. 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 Ace's. Ace's name right there. <laughs> yes. Well, on that note, I think that's what we have to say about Quince for now. It is. Um, we do have some listener mail for you. We do, but first we have one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm -hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks, but I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a savor team trip yeah. together. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, we're, we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is, yeah. this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No me passport too. is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. 
Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. And we're back. Thank you, Sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with... Ah. Quince and Prince. I don't know. Oh. I guess I could have gone like a Purple Rain route. Oh, well, that, <laughs> that would have been very different. <laughs> it would have. It would have. But, you know, either way, either way, good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's truly endless possibilities. Endless. Um, <laughs> well. <laughs> Bob wrote, I'm still in the UK waiting for my chance to get home. My regular routine has been interrupted, so I'm binge listening to your shows again to catch up. I was listening to your episode on Beaujolais Nouveau, and it brought back some memories. As a helicopter pilot way back in 86, I was working for this charter company in Hartford, Connecticut. We had gotten a charter for transporting, you guessed it, several crates of Beaujolais Nouveau. It was being flown into the country from France, and then I'm assuming went through U.S. Customs, and then on a smaller jet to our little airport in Hartford City. It was carried from the jet to the helicopter, and then I flew it somewhere. If I recall correctly, that somewhere was a country club, but that was many years ago, so my memory is a little fuzzy on where the drop was. (laughs) As for the wine spa you two seem particularly interested in. Back when I was living down in South China in a small city named Zhuhai, my wife and I would often go to this huge resort kind of place that specialized in foot, head, or whole body massages, as well as all kinds of traditional Chinese medicine therapies and hot tub and spa experiences. No, it was not a posh, rich people's place. For example, the two of us could each get a one-hour foot massage and two hours body massage for about U.S. $50 for the both of us. This would include complimentary use of the swimming pool and any or all the hot tub jacuzzi type spas. These tubs would be filled with any number of liquids to choose from. You could walk up and down and all around the small hillside trying rose water spas, green or black tea spas, vinegar spas, milk, yes, milk spas, and all kinds of other spas, including, of course, wine spas. Red was usually the favored one, but I do think they had a white one too. You just soaked in the somewhat watered down wine. (laughs) These were all hot tubs with the contents being usually between 38 to 40 degrees Celsius or 96 to 100 degrees Fahrenheit. So maybe it was more of a mold wine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm more accustomed to soaking up wine from the inside, but this was nice too. But you did need to shower afterwards in case you got pulled over by the police. You would not want to be accused of drunk driving. Love the crepes episode. My wife and I have agreed to disagree on the pronunciation, but while she is Chinese, she did study French, and she lived in France for a couple of years, so she's probably the one pronouncing it correctly. Sounds like (laughs) craps when she says it. Mm -hmm. Recently, one of the Irish YouTubers I follow was doing a video where she was going out for, in her words, pancakes. But when she got to the place, it was very clear that she was getting crepes. I made a comment that the pancakes she was getting didn't look like what I would normally call pancakes, but more like crepes. And her response was that in Ireland, they basically call crepes pancakes and thicker ones American pancakes. Huh. Interesting, I thought. I make some at home occasionally. I have a rather nice Le Creuset crepe pan. It's basically a frying pan with almost no sides. The trick to thin crepes is a little tool I made for myself. 
something I'd seen crate makers in Tokyo and then back in China using. It's basically a wooden popsicle stick or tongue depressor with a hole in the middle where a long dowel is slightly inserted perpendicularly so that the two are attached. After you pour out the batter, you use your little tool, dragging it like a rake in a circular motion in ever-widening circles from the middle outward with the light weight of the tool providing all the needed downward pressure so no need to apply more. I have a very long, flat and wide spatula that is great for flipping the crepe. But you can buy crepe tools on Amazon or in some cookware stores. It's so nice to be listening to you two again. Happy holidays to you and yours. By the time you read this, if it's around Christmas Day, I expect I will be taking part in the building of a Lego Marvel gauntlet. Just thought you'd appreciate that little tidbit. (laughs) And yes, I do. Oh, that's wonderful. (laughs) Yes, um, a good friend of ours and co-worker of ours, Ben Bolin. Uh, he came to my apartment for the first time uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he looked around and then looked at me and said, do you have a thing for the Infinity Gauntlet? <laughs> <laughs> and now he keeps, like, randomly texting me stuff about it. Okay. Do you have a thing about the Infinity Gauntlet, Annie? No. Those posters were free, Lauren. They were free. So I had okay. to get them. And then, you did? Yeah, the... Infinity Gauntlet is one of my favorite junk purchase I've ever, ever made. Because uh, I it showed up like a week later. I had no idea what it was. It was in this huge box. <laughs> Come to open it up and find out it was an Infinity Gauntlet. And it's one of these, if, you, if, if y'all have never seen one, they, they make or made at, at a certain point, certainly, this like giant oversized plastic gauntlet with the gemstones in it you know um Mm -hmm. and uh and little pulley system on the inside so that you can wiggle all the fingers all around to make a fist and whatever and um makes sounds it lights up it lights up i've had to replace the batteries once so that should say (laughs) something (laughs) it's 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 a pretty cool toy (laughs) yeah (laughs) but anyway yes i hope your lego build went well Yes. Um, And thank you so much for this information about these spas. I'm so intrigued by this whole thing. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. It sounds Mm -hmm. like we've got a few uh, Korean spas in town that that sound like a similar sort of thing where you kind of go and either pay a a flat fee or like a a relatively low fee and just get access to the entire thing. And it's pretty. People who enjoy that sort of thing say it's rad. (laughs) Noted. Um, but yes, yes, I find it really, really interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Sam wrote, I'm listening right now to the condensed milk episode and wanted to add a footnote to Gail Borden. Not only was he a surveyor in pre-revolutionary Texas, uh, he also laid out Galveston and co-plotted Houston's map for the Allen brothers in the 1840s and tax collector, a collector of customs for the Republic at Galveston twice. He co-founded the first permanent newspaper in Texas. The Telegraph and Texas Register was started by Gail, his brother Thomas, and a man named Joseph Baker in October of 1835. The paper carried first-hand accounts of the Revolution and published the first widely available copies of the first Texas Constitution. It also had the dubious distinction of having its press and type thrown into the Buffalo Bayou by Santa Ana's army, which couldn't see the humor in it. Gale went to Cincinnati in the summer of 1836, mortgaged his Texas land to buy a new press, and by August, they were back in publication. 
Thomas Borden sold his share of the telegraph to a man named Francis Moore in March of 1837, and Gale sold his share to one Jacob Kruger in June. The telegraph was in financial trouble as the Bordens were bad at paying their bills, so the sale was unavoidable. Uh, Kruger and Moore were better businessmen, and the telegraph flourished for a number of years more. That's so fascinating, too. That is fascinating. This guy really got up to a lot of stuff. (laughs) He did. He really did. I I love all I to be fair, I only looked into his biography um, briefly, but it always mentioned that he like really got up to some stuff and that he was a terrible businessman. Like those were the (laughs) two things that everyone said. He was like, yeah, very busy, not good at it. (laughs) It's like, oh, buddy. He had a lot of ideas, but the follow-through was a little, especially on the financial side. Yeah, really bad at money, that guy. Yeah, yeah. But definitely interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, that, yes. Is, that is fascinating. And thanks so much to both of these listeners for writing to us. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We are also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at SaverPod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is home to a thriving culinary scene based on products and traditions from the native Taino, African, and Spanish peoples that have influenced it. When you go, there are a host of restaurants, bars, breweries, distilleries, farms, and coffee houses to dig into, from five-star experiences to local favorites. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.